Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Hey, is Tracy Lawrence. Tracy is an author, a freelance editor, and a substitute teacher. Her main focus and true passion that she's written about and speaks about is self-acceptance. I'm sure many of us can learn from Tracy in that regard, and I think a lot of us have had or even are going through those kind of issues of self-acceptance and um She's going to share that with us today. Her book is entitled Accept No Trash Talk, Overcoming the Odds. It's a self-help book, and it's precisely about overcoming the effects of, and I love this term, disrespectful communication. I'm very interested to see what she has to say, and I know that you will. we will all learn from her today. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much, Carol. So let's start with explain to me what in our audience what disrespectful communication is. All right. Uh, well, my definition is that it is anything that makes a person feel uh, less than a person that is speaking to them or feels like they have to somehow defend themselves, uh, that sort of thing. Okay, and obviously you were a recipient of disrespectful communication. Uh, yes, quite a bit, huh? And so let's talk about that. Uh, it was bullying, I'm assuming. Well, there was a variety of disrespectful cation, but uh, yes, bullying like throughout my school career and some in college, and then also on some jobs following college. All right. Can you tell us about that? Uh, what, you know, how you were bullied, uh, how you coped with it? Um, why do you think you were bullied? Certainly. Uh, okay. Well, one of the main reasons I was bullied because I was from a, I was a member of a Christian denomination. It wasn't as well known and what information there was about it was basically incorrect. Um, another reason I was bullied was because of my short stature and uh, because I was, I ate gluten at that time. I was gluten intolerant, but I didn't know it. Anyways, that messed up many systems, including my thinking. So in other words, it made me kind of socially awkward. So I was bullied due to my religion and my size and my social awkwardness. So did you rebel or did you um, lash out? Did you hide? Did you run? Like what was what was your reaction? Well, 
unfortunately, I think most of the time I felt that I deserved it because at that time I didn't have very good self-esteem and I just felt that these people were right. And so I just kind of took most of it in. I'm the type of personality that internalizes kinds of things. And so I didn't tell authorities and such. I would basically get upset by it. Now, of course, decades looking back, I would try a different tactic. So what would you recommend that you would have done? Well, obviously, in this day and age, bullying is a major issues in schools and such zero tolerance and this and that. So at the very least, you know, I would have had to tell authorities, believe that I had the right to tell authorities, because I think there are so many people out there that just feel, you know, because the way they've been brought up, they've been emotionally hammered down their whole lives. They believe they aren't worth, you know, being treated better. And I would just know now that, yes, I am worth more. Anybody's worth more. Take it to the authorities. Take it to my parents and whoever, um, you know, if I was in a position to do so. And if I thought the authorities were in a position to help and such, which in most cases they would be. And at the time, how did you cope? What did you do? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said, what did you do? How did you cope? Right. Uh, Well, as I said, I mainly internalized it. In some cases, I would pretend to ignore the bullies. Um, I tried not to give them any reaction at all, which, of course, is a rather common coping mechanism Mm -hmm. for victims. So I would say that was my main reaction. Okay. And but you didn't rebel like it didn't cause you to. like to lash out or anything like like I know some some people who are bullied do. They do. Didn't you or haven't you discussed bullying like in seminars, etc. as well? Or am I am I not remembering that correctly from your bio? Oh, uh, hopefully I didn't put any specific like that in my bio. Uh, No, I have not held any seminars or such as of yet I I haven't been you know shall we say uh, willing you know and to the point where I thought I could come out with this more than about a year and my health is not allowed to do seminars right Uh not even a year yet okay and is that when you wrote your book and is that what triggered you to write your book or yes yes about uh I don't know, June-ish, end of June-ish last year, I just felt that the time had come and I read the first edition of my book and then I realized it needed some revision and uh, put that out the beginning of this year. But um, yeah, so it was some time before I felt I could uh, mention such things. Well, now you did mention that you uh, your book is a self-help book. So um, I guess basically this is what I'm looking for. Is it just the mechanisms, the coping mechanisms that you already shared, or do you go through specifics, um, like how to how to handle certain situations, or being a self help book? In other words, what are you um, what are you suggesting to people who are going through this? 
Well, that's a very good question. And I don't know that I even specifically mentioned that I internalized things, ignored them or whatever. What I do mention in my book is various mechanisms for uh, keeping our own self-esteem up and for realizing, you know, how the people that treat us in disrespectful ways. It's really their problem more than ours in some cases. And in fact, they are acting out of their own pain or maybe childhood pain or even decades, you know, and and generations of childhood pain. It's been handed down or whatever, because uh, people that are in pain tend to hurt other people. That is very, very true. That's exactly, that's kind of what I was uh, looking for you, you to say. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, no, that's, no, it, you're absolutely right. And I always think that people that are bullied, like, um, or doing the bullying, rather, are, it's usually a result of them being bullied, maybe at home or someplace else. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's, re, it's a reaction, you know, to mm-hmm. what has happened to them. It's the old mm-hmm. kick the cat scenario. Exactly. You, know, you get home from work. Um so at what point in your life, or are you still struggling with this, have you been able to accept yourself? Did there come a point where you had like an epiphany and realize, you know what, I'm worth it, I'm better than what they're saying, and um, was there a specific inst- you know, instance where that happened? Well, uh, I cannot point out a specific instance because uh, building one's self-esteem back up can take a long time and in my case it certainly did and I really cannot say that I'm completely where I'd like to be right now as far as self-acceptance in fact you know who of us really accepts ourselves completely as much as we should absolutely (laughs) that's what I said right in the beginning because I think everybody has that an issue Mm -hmm. in in that regard go ahead Yeah, well, so in any case, I would say, uh, you know, I found this uh, wonderful man uh, some years ago who accepted me as nobody had to had up to that point. And just little by little, you know, over the years, I've come to see myself as he has and I've come to take on this and that responsibility and and uh, am a new person, but still working on myself as we all are. Isn't that wonderful, though, to think that there, you know, that you can find somebody in your life that sees you totally differently, accepts you and helps build you up and makes you believe that you are worth and worthy, right? Well, absolutely. In fact, there's this uh, short uh, message. Well, my book is full of examples about this one, a brief show, uh, this woman in Hawaii, um, everybody thought she was worth nothing, and so she felt the same way. And then one of the most popular men on the island, uh, he offered a huge wedding gift for her to her father, which they did at that time decades ago. And so she, because of the way he felt about her, he thought she was worth a lot. And so she began to feel like she was worth a lot and she opened up and became beautiful. And it was a self fulfilling prophecy. And so some of us, uh-huh. You know, to have such people in our lives. Now, you mentioned in your book that you do cite a lot of um, stories of other people. Do you want to give us a couple that might be a highlight that that you remember and that we might enjoy hearing about? 
certainly. Uh, well, I uh, speak of people that have overcome great medical odds, such as Helen Keller, uh, who, of course, can speak. Uh, I'm sorry, couldn't uh, see, uh, you know, or uh, speak. And, you know, she went on to be a, a speaker, a political activist. That's right. And many, many things. And so, uh, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, not a lot was expected of him due to his size, you know, and there's example of examples such as that. So that's probably one of the things that you related to as well, because you said you were teased about about your stature, right? I was. I'm about the size of many nine-year-olds and this also, and I know this isn't what we're really delving into, but this is another symptom of gluten intolerance, eating a lot of gluten, you know, when you're not supposed to, it can shorten your stature. So yes, in my experience, and I mentioned this in my book also, you know, taller people are considered to be more powerful. Right. And is that something that you felt was like a figment of your imagination or did people actually believe that? Like, do you know what oh, I'm saying? Like when you were going yes. through it, did you, was it just something that you, you know, uh, thought in your mind or do you really believe that did they say something to you because you were shorter? Oh, I have plenty of proof of that. Um, yeah, I know people calling me short and, uh, you know, various things overlooking me in lines because I was short or giving me funny licks, you know, even through college and beyond. Oh, you're so short. And, you know, so, yes, I have plenty of examples. Do you think that they were being just observant because I think or, or and because of your self-esteem issues that you took it the wrong way? Is that a possibility or were they actually making fun of you? Like how do you know when, when we're being bullied and we have very low self-esteem? In other words, I'm, what I'm trying to ask you is do you sometimes because you're thinking of yourself in that way feel that everybody else is seeing you that way and maybe misconstrue what they're actually saying? Or no? Well, I have asked myself this same question, and certainly I agree with what you're saying, and there are many cases of that. However, I do have uh, examples of where it was actual harassment, and this guy chased me all around my college campus uh, on his motorcycle and kept yelling, you're short, and giving me looks. And so, you know, but it's true. Some people don't mean it in a demeaning way. Uh, but some will, you know, some people speak without thinking and they don't know they're being disrespectful, but some people do realize it. Do you have any retorts that you have maybe um, come to in the last few years of how to respond to that? You know, like something maybe funny or um, I don't know. I, I don't know your personality, but you know what I'm saying? Is, is there a way that you have learn to respond if someone does say something or do you just ignore it? Well, I would have a long time ago just ignored it. But now almost a good way to respond to things like that is to show that it doesn't affect and say, well, yes, that's true. Thanks for noticing. Or, you know, in my case, I might say since I'm reserved, uh, yes, that's true. Or else I might still ignore them. But uh, you know, the best thing is not to get defensive and start 
responding in his defensive way back exactly. to start an argument. Exactly. <laughs> but I've heard people who have, like I remember my husband who is not tall, and and um, when he was teased, he would say, "Good stuff comes in small packages." In other oh. words, you know, kind of taking them off of their their guard. And that's what I meant. Is there something that, that you maybe have come up with that you have said that, um, but you answered that already, unless there's something else. And then they, he usually got a chuckle out of that, right? Or good guys, small guys try harder. That was another one that, that he used to say. But that wasn't the, have you ever done anything like that? Or well, more cooler? <laughs> I, I may be of a slightly different personality, but, you know, good for him. <laughs> and that's right, because you can't judge a person by your size or by their size or how they look. But uh, frankly, no, myself, you know, I, I haven't said those exact words. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll keep that. Well, frankly, lately, I, I haven't got any such, uh, you know, things called after me. Oh, you're shorter, this or that. But uh, right. anyway, it's all keeping in mind. <laughs> Okay. And any other examples in the book that might be of interest that you wanted to share in any, you know, in any, um, I know I've read your book and um, I read it very quickly because it was an easy read. And so I certainly can recommend it. And there was, there was a lot of things that you could relate to because of all the different people, you know, that you did point out and how they overcame. So was that the whole thrust that you had in mind was to show that important people have had to overcome things that maybe we didn't know about and is there anything you know that you want to share in that respect uh well yes uh, certainly uh, i guess you're kind of asking is that the main thrust and that's true um you know it's not a bit just about me and such although i do give some examples of from course. my own yeah but so one quick example then uh violinist lindsay sterling uh, who's a YouTube sensation, travels all the world, and is probably in her mid-20s, if that. She was on the reality show America's Got Talent a few years ago, and uh, Pierce Morgan, one of the judges, said that she sounded like cat scratching. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, Sharon um, Osborne told you, you know, she should get a band behind her and so forth. And the point being, they didn't like her originality and they wanted, you know, they didn't want somebody out there that really danced and plays the violin. You know, you don't fit into our box. And well, she showed them, you know, she's now she's going to be at Wolf Trap this summer. She's uber famous. And <laughs> Pierce, Pierce Morgan, you know, is basically very controversial right now and not where he wants to that's be. Right, that's right. That's so, right. Yeah. So she's a great example. But also that that brought up an interesting point, because don't you think that a lot of times when we do get criticism or negative things thrown at us, that we if we learn how to take those things and turn them around and have them actually, you know, and learn from them and get strength from them. I think that's basically what you're saying she did. Is that what you did mm -hmm. as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. That is definitely what she did. And, you know, there are other examples in my book, you know, any number of examples in current pop culture, whatever, of people who do the same. And really, the people who are successful are not the ones who have had an easy road at all. They are the ones who have had to overcome a ton of things in their life and have 
found their own niche and worked within it. Like I just read an example of how uh, Thomas Edison wanted Henry Ford to come work for him. You know, oh, cars will never work and so forth and so on. And then we all know what happened with Henry Ford. And then he had to fight the big uh, car making uh, conglomerates of the day to be able to sell his cars cheaper than other people and so forth. So, you know, and he was successful and every successful person like that has a story. Absolutely. Wasn't it Thomas Edison that was he failed? Was it seven times or 11 times or something before he got the uh, uh, light bulb to work? Was that, oh, yeah, up to a thousand. Oh, my it. word. OK, well, there you go. Good, <laughs> thing, good thing he never quit or we'd still be in the dark, right? <laughs> we would. We would. <laughs> and now, Tracy, what at what point in your life or is there anything or anyone in particular or that helped you in to cope and to overcome, you know, everything? Or is it just you? Was it your family? your faith, like how did you overcome that? I know you said you had some mechanisms that you used, but, you know, inside Tracy, what did you do or what did you have to overcome these things? Well, inside myself, well, like I already said, things turned around when my uh, wonderful husband. Right, died. okay. And, yeah, inside myself, that is, I just had to dig really deep beyond my feelings I'm a person that thinks very deep I had to just dig deep in there and you know tell myself you are not defined by the mistakes that you've made or by the bullying or by the way people have demeaned you or what they say about you know or your what you messed up with as far as your thinking with gluten or whatever I mean this none of this defined you so it was a sort of faith that I could move forward and a belief you know, it's wonderful when, when you come to that place, isn't it? And you realize, I mean, all the hurt and all the pain, like you said, and you can put that in the past and look forward and go forward. And the wonderful part is, is that you want to take that pain and help other people. And I know this is one thing that is on your heart. You've mentioned it a few times that you really want to help other people, both from your book and any other venue, you know, like whether you, like I said, start speaking or whatever, um, to just help people understand, right? And help them to cope and to make them realize they are not alone and to give them some tools. I think that's excellent. And is there anything else you want to share along that? Well, just... You know, the main thing I would think, well, like you say, I want to help people as I know you do and you are, but they just have to realize, like you said, they're not alone and it is not their fault. And if people have not treated them right, especially due to circumstances beyond their control, medical limitations or whatever, it's not their fault and they have a right to move beyond that. So what made you decide to write your book? Well, uh, as I mentioned, I just felt it was time. I just felt really pressed to do it. Um, And I was at a position where I couldn't work for pay that much due to my medical, chronic medical condition. And just I was just pushed to do it. And did it take you a long time or did it did you have to dredge up a lot of pain? Was that difficult? Was it therapeutic? 
Well, when I first started, frankly, it was mostly about me and not really worth reading. But when I started bringing in the stories of other people and such, it became more uplifting. And yes, yeah, it did. It did become therapeutic. And yes, it, it took quite a while. And who would benefit from this, do you think? Oh, well, um, actually, I've been told by reviewers and such that it's a generally uplifting book. But my specific audience would be, of course, people that have, for whatever reason, been disrespected or suspected that they'd been disrespected. Okay, so that pretty well covers everybody. (laughs) Well, it it, it does. (laughs) In one form or another, right? (laughs) It does. But, you know, specifically, there are those who have been disrespected for reasons they can't control. Exactly. That's the key right there. Exactly. Is being disrespected for what you can't control. And that is so unfair. It's always unfair, but that just seems to be more unfair. And, um, you know, but for the grace of God, go I, as they say. Exactly. So what is your call to action for our listeners today, Tracy? Oh, uh, let's see. I see we're almost out of time. Our call to action. Uh, Please, you know, well, my book is available on Amazon, free with Kindle Unlimited. And it's uplifting. And let's just treat each other right and make sure people treat us right. And the name of the book, again, is Accept No Trash Talk. I love that. In other words, that's that's a... um, it's a challenge, you know, accept no trash talk, overcoming the odds by Tracy Lawrence and that it's available on Amazon, Kindle and where else did you say? Well, it's also available on paperback. Okay. Okay. And you have a website as well, Tracy? I don't, but uh, I do blog. Okay. All right. Well, what we'll do is when I when I do the post with all your contact information and this recording on there, all your information will be there. So if people want to get in touch with you or if they want to read your book, that'll be on there as well as on Amazon, of course. And um, let's make it happen. Let's get okay. people encouraged. Exactly. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Right. We all need encouragement. That's right. And and we never know who we're going to touch, do we? I mean, everybody has a story and everybody has a different story. And your story will relate to many people. And, you know, any way that you can reach them, the better. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. You got your story out and I want to get mine out. And that's right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tracy. I appreciate the time today and I appreciate you sharing your your story and um, the book. And thank you. It's been well, a pleasure. Th- thank you so much. It's been my pleasure as well. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.